0: we haven't been together in a week or a couple weeks I'm glad we all catch up I this morning want to do a little bit of background before we begin and set a uh, and set I, I normally do not do this but I'm gonna set just a little bit of context this morning for our meeting this event we are experiencing Not just the manifest presence of Holy Spirit, but we are experiencing the person of the Holy Spirit coming and hanging around us. And there was a little bit of discussion about this before we launched out last week. As we enter into worship this morning... We are here out of obedience to the Father. We're under a divine mandate to pioneer for a glorified body. We're under a mandate. And that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the earth. And then the end will come. That we're under a divine, apostolic, pioneering mandate right now. So out of the obedience to the Father, Hashem. Uh, comes this relationship with the sun, and you'll notice you'll notice in these events as they progress uh, in the worship. As Stephen and takes us in with Austin, we we progress into worship. There's going to be a transition in your soul of looking at the sun. Now, sometimes I'll utilize different scriptures to get our attention on him on Christ on on the Lord Jesus himself and there'll be a transition in your soul where you begin to just behold the Lord it's in that context that the Holy Spirit will come when Jesus is magnified or lifted up the Holy Spirit will begin to move now when the Holy Spirit comes he will come with a manifestation that will proceed out in front of him and So you may experience different emotions uh, sometimes in the Great Awakenings and uh, uh, in other meetings. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit will come. People, you can be healed in this event. People would put on arms and legs because the manifestation of the Spirit begins to come and move on us. Largely what we've been experiencing is fire. Uh, There's a fire of purging for holiness that the Holy Spirit is doing in us. He's, he's burning up the uh, consciousness of sin in us. He's removing that consciousness. And uh, He's bringing sanctification in our lives within these events. It uh, turns you closer and closer in holiness to become more like Him. But I want to make something clear. That I'm learning about Him. That the Holy Spirit's manifestation is not the Holy Spirit Himself. And I was asking the Lord, how do you distinguish? And he says, well, the Holy Spirit is the feminine attribute of the Godhead. And he said, think about your, um, your wife. And I said, okay. And, he's, and uh, Tom at and I talked about this. Uh, she, she'll prepare a really nice meal. And we'll all, our family will come in and devour that nice meal that she gives us. She takes the resources that I have and she turns it into something amazing. I don't know how she does it. But that would be like the manifestation she turned that food into something edible and wonderful and good but the reason why we had um, some of the old saints would pray and say bless the hands of the woman who prepared this meal was we were giving back honor to her because she's a person so we we like what she brings us we want to all eat this delectable meal But she herself is hidden behind that meal. And to praise her and to extol her is to uh, bless her. She might not would say, hey, I wish everybody would thank me for what I just did for you. She would hide behind it. And ladies, I think that you, um, you understand what I'm saying. How you might hide behind the compliment and wait for someone to notice you. But you wouldn't come out and say, look what I just did for you. Why? It would kind of invalidate what you just did because it was done out of the goodness of your heart to love. So you can't really come out and say, hey, that was me. Am I not amazing? And if you've ever cooked for someone, you know, cooks love to be praised for what they've made because they take time and energy and they've studied the. The secrets and all that to bring something forward. Well, the Holy Spirit's like that. He manifests himself out, and we've got so caught up in the manifestation that we miss the person. And it takes some sensitivity towards him to turn towards him and to bless the third person of the Godhead, to give honor to the Holy Spirit independent of what he's done for us much of the church has been caught up in the manifestation did it make me feel good presence let me tell you the splendor and majesty that will come on the end-time church is when the Godhead is respected and honored in all three persons and that we're not just looking for just a feeling and some of you I know Lineker's dealt with this and I know Harris up here has dealt with this the Lord's dried out your emotions so that you don't even feel anything to see if you'll give honor to him over and above uh receiving the presence of the lord now will the lord bring his presence today well he's already i can i feel his presence you probably do too Uh, this isn't to put a guilt complex on anybody or make you feel shame or anything it's to bring attention to him Uh, he comes he'll come and he I've said this before, he feels like a 10,000 year old baby. But he's also, when I met him in a dream 18 years ago, he was the most terrifying warrior that I've ever seen. Uh, The Holy Spirit, um, in some sense, is terrifying, he's majestic. And I I just want to set that as a precedent for today and for the future that we understand this. Uh, Let me say one other thing I found out this week. The Western and Eastern Church divided over the issue that I am bringing up right now, which was called technically the procession of the Holy Spirit. It divided the church in 1054 because the Eastern side and the Western side had a difference of opinion on how the Holy Spirit would manifest itself among God's people. And what we're getting back to is the very thing has split the whole church. With the honor of the Holy Spirit as person, not just manifestation, I believe that it will bring the church together. The Holy Spirit is like a good mother. If mama's not happy, the whole family's not happy. Like a mama in a house brings the whole family together. More, even more so than the dad can can bring a connection that brings us all together what is going to bring the family of God back into one when the Holy Spirit is honored as person not just for his manifestation when we love him for his for his own sake apart from what he does for us is the Holy Spirit going to do something for us yes he does but we want to give honor to him from what he does for us, okay? So at first, we've obeyed the Father by showing up. Number two, what's going to happen now in this worship is we're going to lift up the Son. And third, we're going to believe and wait on the Holy Spirit to come. Psalms 144, let's begin. I say, Lord, you're my protector and you deserve praise. You're the one who trains my hands for battle, and you prepare my fingers for war, who loves me and is my stronghold. You're my refuge and my deliverer. You're my shield and the one to whom I take shelter. You're the one who makes nations submit to me. Oh Lord, of what importance is the human race that you should even notice us? Of what importance is mankind that you should be concerned about us. People are a vapor. Their days like a shadow that disappears. Oh, Lord, make the sky sink and come down. Touch this mountain and make it smolder with fire. Hurl lightning bolts and scatter them. Shoot your arrows and rout them. Reach down from above. We ask you to grab us up and rescue us from the surging And from the power of the foreigner, the ones who speak lies and make false promises. Oh God, I declare today that I will sing a new song to you. Accompanied by the stringed instrument, I will sing praises to you. You're the one who delivers kings. You're the one who rescued David, your servant, from the deadly sword. I ask you to grab us and rescue us from the power, again, of foreigners and the one who speaks lies and makes false promises. And I pray that you would cause the sons to become like plants that quickly grow to full size and not let our daughters become the corner pillars carved out like those in a palace and let the storehouses be full, providing all kinds of food and let our sheep multiply by the thousands and fill all the pastures of our land. And let our cattle be weighed down with produce. And I pray this blessing over your people right here under this uh, pavilion ward and over this nation. And let no one else break through the walls. And let no one else be taken captive. Let there be no one terrified in the cries of our city squares. We are the blessed of the Lord. You're the blessed of the Lord. I'm the blessed of the Lord. You can say that. I'm the blessed of the Lord. How blessed. How blessed are you, the people
1: of God whose Lord is your God.
2: So much time spent searching for the tornado, so much time Thank you. Start the same sing- Up the low-
0: 14. Listen to what it says. There's a straight word from the Lord for us this morning. Abacu 2.14. For the recognition of the Lord's sovereign majesty will, or his glory will, and does fill the earth. <laughs> Just as the waters fill up the sea. If that is not a clear word from the Lord, while he's singing. Before he sings that lyric, the Holy Spirit tells me, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, now it is, yeah, we agree, we We
2: agree. Like a mighty fortress, is our God. Like a mighty mountain, is our God. Like a mighty mountain, is, like a mighty, mountain is like a mighty fortress. A mighty mountain is our
1: God.
2: Your strength is immeasurable, your defence is immeasurable is immeasurable oh mighty God, almighty God your strength is immeasurable your strength is immeasurable your defense is immeasurable almighty God mighty God like a mighty fortress like a mighty Oh, And break into peace swallowed up.
0: Give a context. When we were in Habakkuk 2:14 and the pronouncement an of the Lord that his glory is covering the earth, it comes in the context of judgment. Of the, the uh, Babylonian system. And when you look at Habakkuk 2 6, it says, But all the these nations, I it, it told me I'm particularly dealing with your nation this morning. And uh He says, but all these, this nation someday taunts him and ridicules him with proverbial saying, the one who accumulates what does not belong to him is as good as dead. He who gets rich by extortion, your creditors will suddenly attack. Those who terrify you will spring into action and they will rob you because you robbed many countries. All who are left among the nations will rob you and they will... Shed human blood, that committed violent acts against lands and cities and those who live in them. The one who builds his house by unjust gain is as good as dead. He does this so he can build a nest way up high and escape the clutches of disaster. Your schemes will bring shame to your house. Because you destroyed many nations, you will self-destruct. For the stones and the walls will cry out and put in rafters will answer back. The one who builds a city by bloodshed is as good as dead. And he who starts a town by unjust deeds. Be sure of this, the Lord who commands armies has decreed. This nation's effort will go up in smoke. Their exhausting work will be for nothing. And and this is what it this is the 214 for the recognition of the Lord's sovereign majesty will fill the earth, just as the waters fill up the sea. And you who force your neighbor to drink wine, you're as good as dead. And you who make other intoxicated by forcing them to drink from the bowl of your furious anger, so you can look on their privacy, but you will become drunk with shame and not majesty. This is said in the context of the glory of the Lord coming to a nation. Now, then He tells me, I, uh, I want you to look at the fire that uh, licks up. And I didn't know where that was at, so I went to. I, uh, it took me to Isaiah chapter five, and I, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, Lord. So Isaiah five. Um, th- this is really interesting because the context is the same. I'll back up a little bit, but he says in verse 20, those who call evil good and good evil are as good as dead. Now you have to know, I don't know what I'm doing here. The Holy Spirit is leading this. It's not like I knew that it was going to say you're as good as dead in Habakkuk chapter 2 and Isaiah chapter 5 turns darkness into light and light into darkness and who turns bitter into sweet and sweet into bitter. Those who think they are wise are as good as dead and those that think they possess understanding. Those who are champions at drinking wine are as good as dead. Who display great courage in mixing strong drinks. They pronounce the guilty innocent for a payoff. And they ignore the just cause of the innocent. And and this is the verse he was taking me to. And um, right when this is happening, then you're going to see this, Tom McManus, the family of Joseph, uh, raises up that flag of fire. And I'm going to show you this, how this is in the context of this meeting this morning concerning this nation with a now prophetic word. Therefore, as flaming fire devours straw and dry grass disintegrates in the flames, so their root will rot and their flower will blow away like dust. For the one who rejects the law of the Lord who commands armies, the, the one who has spurned the commands of the Holy One of Israel, and he says, so the Lord is furious about this. And then... The Holy Spirit tells me to go to Obadiah. And so, uh, and then here in Obadiah, and I won't uh, read the whole context, but the coming day of the Lord, verse uh, verse 15, the day of the Lord is approaching uh, on this nation, because uh, he didn't tell me to speak about every nation. He says, speak about this nation this morning, right now just as you have done it will be done to you you will get exactly what your deeds deserve for just as you have drunk on my holy mountain so all nations will drink continually and they will drink and gulp down Uh, they will be as though they had never been and this is the key uh, this is the key verse transition here because of what what is happening with us right here in this event, in this pavilion today August the 14th, 2022, right now A now word from the Lord But on Mount Zion And and you know, uh, a few weeks ago, Tom McManus had this word. I had this word out of Psalms uh, chapter number 43 about how to advance to Zion or the path to Zion from an external enemy that's oppressing an internal enemy of depression, how to get into Zion. When a people actually get into Zion and remain there, What happens, it gives the Lord permission to basically begin to deal uh, with the nation's sins. Because he has a representative on the earth. And now that he has a representative company right here, and I'm not saying there's not other companies at, uh, at all. There are many who have advanced into Zion, are living not in Sinai, but they're living out of Zion. Listen what it says, because this is really important that you hear this, because it says a remnant will escape, because none of us want to hear about, I mean, people do not want to hear about the judgment of God coming uh, concerning this nation, and we know that His justice and His judgments are good, and they're truthful and right. But people, generally speaking, don't want to hear that. But listen to the word of the Lord this morning. There will be a remnant who escapes. They escape like David in Mahanim, in the dance of the two camps. Between two camps, they will find a path of escape in the middle of it. Remember the Lord, when he comes to pronounce Isaiah 61... And he pronounces it to the people, and they want to throw him off a cliff, and he walks right through the middle of it. There is a people, because the Lord wants me to encourage you in this, and there is a people that will learn to escape right through the middle of this travesty, where the Lord will bring his fire and rain down his work all throughout this land. You want to be the people of Zion don't want to be the people of uh, Sinai right now. You want to be the people of Zion. Because he says the remnant that's out of Zion will escape. And it will be a holy place once again. You know, uh, many of the people of Zion's numbers may be few, but it's not the concern of the Lord about great numbers, even though many will come to the place of refuge in Zion. And, and Zion, Zion is wherever heaven and earth come together. It's, it's the place of access uh, into the heavens as a son and daughter who relates to uh, cosmology through your, trans, your relationship uh, with Christ. And so you can be in Zion in a cave, cathedral, a closet, a castle. You can be here, you can be over there. But Zion is where Christ is magnified and lifted up. And I I love this because it says, the descendants of Jacob will conquer. They will conquer those who have conquered them. Um, it says that the descendants of Jacob will be of fire. And the descendants of Joseph, and I, I, I kid you not, I give this up, and this family of Joseph over here, the McManus, raises up the flag of fire. It says that this, the, the Joseph of flame And so the the descendants of Esau will be like stubble, who sold his birthright for an economy of his appetite. He let his appetite reign instead of his inheritance in the Lord. He let his his possessions reign over His, his thing, his economy reign over his relationship with the Father. And he says, this will burn them up and devour them. And there will not be one single survivor of the descendant of Esau. And I I believe this, that many of us who have been in Sinai, and we've been being transformed, uh, uh, the fire has been coming to us to deal with the Esau-like nature that has got into many of us, and God's been dealing with this for years. He's been rooting out the Esau-like that will just reject the word of the Lord just for an economy, or reject the word of the Lord for pressure, a pressure that comes against you, they reject the word of the Lord because of relational or social pressure or financial pressure or even pressure related to your health. But, but this descendants of Jacob will have, be steadfast in keeping your eyes on the Lord and, and, and living the reality of the Lord in your daily life and will not bow the knee to an Edomite system. Indeed, the Lord has spoken this. Um, the people of the Negev will take possession of Esau's mountain. What I heard in the worship while Stephen was going, he, the Lord's like this to me. Right now is the time of gaining an inheritance for uh, my people, right now. You might not see it manifest itself yet, but right now, when you're praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord, you're actually partaking in a legitimate, natural inheritance right now, is what he's telling me, right now. Uh, When I I hear that from the Holy Spirit, I'm like, oh, I'm getting engaged in this. Uh, I'm going to praise your name. I'm going to worship you with my whole heart right now because uh, now I've learned this from the Lord. What you take ground in right now in the Spirit, you will see manifest itself in the natural. Uh, Sometimes it will happen instantly. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. But right now, what you are uh, fighting for and and you're uh, interceding with, with the Lord, is an inheritance. An inheritance found in Him, but actually a natural inheritance concerning uh, this particular uh, land that we're on right now. going to take possession of the land of the Philistine, uh, take possession of uh, Esau's mountain, take, uh, and this possession of the territory of Ephraim, the territory of Samaria, and the people of Benjamin, will take possession of Gilead, and the exiles of the f- fortress of the people of Israel, will take possession of what belongs to the people of Canaan, as far as Zarephath and the exiles of Jerusalem who are in uh, Shephrad and will take possession of the towns of the Negev. Those who have been delivered will go up on Mount Zion in order to govern or rule over the mountain then the Lord will reign as king how do you get the Lord back there is a legitimate taking of ground today that brings the Lord back he told me this last year you as my people have become accustomed to sitting back and waiting for me to act And there is a waiting on me to make a a move, yes. But when I begin to speak to you, you must must go take possession. Now, I can't tell you how to do that, what he's telling you to do. But I can tell you that something rises up in us where we come into an agreement with the Lord concerning uh, the real estate, of this great nation and the lord does want to root out everything that is not like him so you can see habakkuk 2:14, isaiah chapter 5 verse 23 and the context is being painted here out of obadiah one in the second half of obadiah one there's a word of the lord
2: Upon you, shine on the earth forever. A song will be released that never has been heard with one voice and with one sound. Forever we will sing.
0: Like you're engaged in that. That you're a great rewarder. Yeah, the Lord keeps telling me to say this, but I declare it to you. Some of you have wayward children. A complete restoration for your relationship. Complete restoration. For the Lord delights in this. He'll bring it about. You won't have to make anything, He's just going to bring it about. And I just want to say it publicly and be particular and specific. Uh, concerning this one relationship, that he wants to put his finger on you today. And I, he keeps telling me this too. He said there's some marital issues that keep presenting congregation or this people and maybe even outside of this and you know all marital relationships go through challenges you can't be married and not go through a challenge but you can you can have peace in your home listen let me declare that to you that you can have peace in your marriage it doesn't have to be bad or hard, or I just gotta get by every day and I just have to suck up uh, being with this person and irritates the living daylight zone. Or I've had to just get into a place where I have to separate myself because I can't be close. connection without violations
1: and conflict and you can talk through things and deal with things that are bothering you
0: and you can speak frankly to one another relationally and deal with things and take the objections of the other person and hear them out and allow them to have a voice that you can have a marriage that is communes very deeply uh, with one another We set the bar on peace in your family because he's the prince of peace. And when the family is under the government of God, there can be complete peace in the marital relationship. And we declare from the Father this morning that in your marriage do not go for anything other than peace. And I don't mean peace by compromise domination settling peace with full communication where you're valued, heard and where you value and you listen the Holy Spirit wants to set the standard on peace in the family and do not allow another thought to creep into your mind that says I'll never have this no you, you have it now you have it now to the extent that you're in Christ in Christ there is complete peace in your relationship in your, in your marriage receive, receive that as the standard not, as, not necessarily as a goal like something that's way out there but something that I agree with today I, I agree with it now I agree with this as a standard of living. I agree with this as a quality of life that I will and can adhere to with someone who is completely and utterly different than me. I adhere to this standard that I don't have to be offended. But Jesus said to the the Baptists, His greatest and most ardent supporter and proclaimer of him. He said, blessed are those who are not offended by me. The Greeks are not shutting down another person so they can't communicate with me. I need to be able to listen so that someone can communicate and effectively share with what's going on in their life and I can listen to them. hear this, the meek will inherit the earth. Do you see how this works? Inheritance is a direct function to meekness. And meekness is the power or the right to take a position to humble yourself in gentleness for the good of another. You want an inheritance. Learn meekness. Jesus said, I'm meek and lowly. He said, lowliness there means I'm fully dependent on the Lord. I'm dependent on my Father. I don't don't do anything out of my own strength or out of my own power or anything. I'm fully dependent. Learn of me. And gent- meekness and dependence or meekness and lowliness learn to me it's the only time he ever said uh, if you weren't any qualities of the Lord learn meekness think about the God who made everything and made us and that God comes into a man and that man says Jesus says learn to me I'm meek I have the power or right to exercise authority over you, but I will restrain my domin- my domination, or my right to take my position up against you, and I will, res- I'll retain it for the good of you, so I can hear you out and listen to you and be there for you. I, I will withhold my, I withhold my condemnation, I withhold my wrath, uh, because I love you, and He does this in relationships. Oft I would have gathered you as a. And would gather her chicks, but what? You would not. I, I wanted to.
1: Because
0: meekness doesn't have to be heard. Meekness can listen and may not even invite a person into saying something to them if they don't ask. Who we don't want that. We don't... God is so gentle like that that he might not would give you the information because he wants you to ask him for it because he's so meek. This is what we're saying at the beginning about the Holy Spirit. He's so meek that he could tell you everything, but he won't unless you come to him and honor him and ask him. Well, you learn this in relationship where you've had to, you learn to withhold yourself even though you have the right to exercise authority, but you withhold yourself and restrain yourself to see maybe, if the other person will just ask, what do you consider here, what do you think about that? And Jesus says, learn this, and do you see what I mean? He's meek and lowly, and the meek will inherit the earth. Do you see how inheritance works, because that's what he's saying today, out of Zion I will give you an inheritance. What? You can't be meek if you're offended. They don't go hand in hand. If you're walking in a fence or a deep pain with someone, you cannot walk in meekness because it still centers around uh, you and it hampers your inheritance. Uh, Mostly, I've learned raising, we're raising six children. I've learned that it's easier for me to have a talk with them like I'm having with you from the Lord Just to to have a sit down and let's talk about the wisdom of God. I've I've learned that's easier than discipline their, I mean, they have to be disciplined in their behavior, but behavioral modification can only go so far, right? But having a good communication, a good talk, like this one, can help us align us with truth. Tom uh, Gross was telling me this morning one of the most powerful things that's happened to him was when another Christian brother exercised quietness with him. It impacted him 40 years later, he told me this morning. He did it. He exercised meekness because he could have corrected Tom for something Tom had said he had committed an infraction in something he had said. He didn't correct him, he just walked, he walked back. He, he did it Judge Tom. He just allowed Tom. He allowed God to deal with Tom. Sometimes we can we think we can see so clearly the nature of someone else and we just need to let them know. <laughs> but we may not be exercising meekness and maybe that one thing is stealing an inheritance. I'm not saying not to be truthful. I'm not saying that. Because Second Timothy two at the end there he says in meekness instruct those that oppose themselves, so. but he says to make sure it's done that way, because if it is edge and it is cutting and it's you are wrecking your inheritance. That's what it says. The meek will inherit the earth. Your inheritance is, uh, listen, if if you're a mathematical person, the reciprocal nature here is the reciprocity is is meekness brings inheritance Do you see that a lack of meekness damages your inheritance well i thought it's because i had to go do more things and make this happen and do that no god's looking for meekness he's looking for a gentle nature out of that comes your inheritance now you follow him and you do what he tells you to in your vocation or how he's leading you in, in your vocation in your work I mean, we're gonna think. I think many of us could be like, "Oh my goodness, I had no idea." Well, let's get an idea right now. The Lord doesn't want you not to inherit. He wants you to. He likes for you to procure real estate. Uh, when He uh, when He gave um, Abraham a blessing, He said, "I'm gonna give you land and seed." He gave him offspring. Spiritual offspring, land, and spiritual land. He gave them all four. He wants to give that to you. And He will not hold back for the meek and fully dependent. He will not hold back. He's good. He's good, Father. He's not a hard taskmaster. I love this about the quality of who He is. He's so gentle. His kindness leads us to repentance. He's so kind. I usually find out what I've done wrong after I've changed. I usually don't find out about it up front. I mean, some other people would tell me, (laughs) but I usually find out from him in retrospect. That's how kind he is. He's not out pointing fingers on you and me. He's so kind that he won't even tell you, but he'll lead you if you'll trust him, and he'll lead you to full transformation. I honor You, Lord. And I'm so grateful to You. I'm so grateful for Your nature. And I thank You for Your inheritance, for Your people. There's no envy there. There's no trying to get what someone else has. There's no jealousy there. There's nothing. It's just you're valued as a person unto the Father on your own with Him. He values you. He values you and loves you
1: just let him draw you in
0: don't build all the walls like I've done i built so many walls I had no idea I was building walls after walls after structural wall to protect myself from him just let him come in and oft oft he would just come in and wrap his arms around you and just love on you this
1: is a good father
0: Amen. (laughs) Believing is an activity. Believing is not just mental ascent. You understand? It starts there, but it changes your actions. Uh, faith is not just cre creedal you know what i mean it's not just abiding by a set of rules it's a relationship with the godhead right and so i just want to make that clear because you can believe in the concept and i think it, it a lot of times it must start there but you can believe in the concept of meekness and dependence it's a whole nother thing to walk it out <laughs> like to place yourself with the father in relationship to him in full dependence you know we we've been calling that here zero i'm going to actually put myself into a position out of relationship with him well he'll do it for you if you do it he tells you to where you have nothing to go on <laughs> and uh that's dependence that's the lowliness of jesus And then in the middle of being completely dependent, he's going to make me meek, you know, because the nature there is to grasp when you, when all the chips are down and you don't know what you're going to do. That's where we start to say, well, they did, they should, we should, we should have all of that. And the Lord says, no, be still and know that I am God. And then this meekness comes out of you where you don't grasp or you don't try to control or manipulate any situation You just wait before the Father and treat and exercise His dominion from that place. Jesus lived in that uh, perpetually and still does. And you know what the Lord did? He exalted Him to the right hand of the Father and has given Him everything. (laughs) Well, that's a pretty good deal. All right. We've covered a lot of ground today and... I have this sermon uh, from the Lord. Uh, Karen and I have been, we flew out to Portland, Oregon, Wednesday. Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Tom took us to the airport like midday. We had a flight to Charlotte. It lasted like 24 minutes. We were on the taxi strip for longer than that flight took because uh, uh, American Airlines is so packed out at, at Charlotte Douglas and so then uh, we waited, and then we got on a plane to Portland, took five hours and 19 minutes. I tell you, driving back is not as fast as flying. I, we all know that, but I'm telling you, I was like, we cross this much ground, and we were checking. I was, I was checking mock on the way back how fast Maverick would have crossed the United States in that SR-72 Dark Star in the Maverick film, it was like less than 30 minutes to to an hour, or something. Because Mach 10, which doesn't exist, uh, we never had an aircraft go that fast that we know of. I don't even think we have that technology to come apart in flight like it did for him. But he did. Yeah. So we can too, right? <laughs> Anyways, it would. Uh, I guess it would. It would be about you know 30 minutes. Can you imagine crossing? like 3,500 uh, miles. I think we cro- we were like 2,900 when we started. Anyways, we got in at 2 o'clock this morning uh, from uh, Portland. We had purchased a car in, in Portland, Oregon. I could only find really one that was the right one the Lord had spoke to me about two and a half years ago because he said, this will be a sign to you when this happens and I'm going to set my government in this nation. And I was like two and a half years ago, I'm going to set up Kara and I were in uh, Panama City Beach, Florida, and I I said to her, I said, I see it, I see it. You know, we're just coming out of Target and things. She probably thinks I've lost it so many times. So I said, I see a black cube, and on that cube is says in gold letters, Melchizedek. And of course, is you read Hebrew from right to left. And I saw the eight letters, and I and I've shared a little bit of this with you. And I, the Lord. Shows me that those eight with seven letters and as I believe a dogish in between the uh, Melech, King and Zadok. Yahweh is righteous or righteousness uh, in between uh, king and an idea of king and priest. And uh, you can listen to some of the past podcasts on the hypostatic union and how when God created us, he put a he put an interface or an interface inside of you so that you could interface with him. And you and I have one. And there's eight points. And it spells Melchizedek. And it's the order of God that was installed in you. And uh, much of the church has, in its uh, pioneering work, has got involved in the Zadok side, but has largely missed the kingly, the Melik side. And the Lord's like, I want to put a full restoration back into man and give them back both uh, king and priest. So that it, w- it will ultimately lead to our, our glorification. And so those eight points are there. And what happened in the fall is they got corroded, or they're just completely covered over with black pitch, and then demons set themselves up. And all of us have been on this path of restoration, really, to clean the contacts. So there could be a divine human uh, interface. An interface with God where we can relate to Him. And then, out of that relationship, which is called the hypostatic union, out of that relationship, you can relate to the cosmology, the uh, heavens and the earth, uh, this land, uh, the terra firma, and the heavens, and you could integrate with it. Out of Zion, and I don't know how clear this is, but it's taken me. 18 years, get my eyes open, but there is a interaction that you and I were made for in Christ where you can access the heavens now, and um, I want to point out this. I've got a couple podcasts on the Galactic Progeny SoundCloud that you could go in and listen to some like real poignant teaching on this called The Expanse. And the other one's called Moby Condor. And I get into, like, how the Father relates to us and the the Son and the Holy Spirit because, um, I don't know if you noticed, but He doesn't necessarily relate to you the exact way uh, you relate to another human. We may or may not like this. People may or may not like this, but He has a way that He relates to us. And a lot of... What's been going on in, with him is he wants to open up the full relationship. And so the Holy Spirit comes when you're converted and begins to teach you as Paraclete to lead you on a path where you can have the um, Holy Spirit wants to relate to us. And he wants the whole Godhead to relate to you and out of that divine human interface, when it's restored, then comes out what we learned a few weeks ago, your, your true persona. Uh, the Greek word is prosopon. Your true persona of who you really are. Anybody else in here tried to be someone else? Act like someone else. Uh, get what someone else has. Live your whole life like that. Have someone else tell you who you are, but it doesn't square off right with you and don't make sense to you. Try to put some kind of format on you. God, when he made you, made you with, to restore this hypostasis in you, the divine human interchange, so that he can relate to you the way he made you. And then out of that comes your true persona. And so there's nothing better than being actually who you really are. There's nothing better than Christ living in you. I don't mean Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. I mean Christ. That you can have Christ in you. Right now. And relating to the Godhead. And as I was pointing out earlier, there's a way for you to access across space time the promises and inheritance of the Father in relationship to Him. You've heard me say this before. I can't prove this biblically. I I think, and I don't know this, but I think God was in that burning bush the whole time. Again, I can't prove that. But I get this sense from him because he's outside of space-time that he was always there. And that he's always there with you. What he told me is... Because of your fallenness, you've been running past me over and over. You didn't even notice me. I was right there. I've always been there. And what he wants is what Moses happens to. Moses, he turned aside to see not a bush burning, but a bush that's burning that's not consumed. And it took 40 years. In the backside of a wilderness, because he's probably saying... Man, who does this Jeff throw think he is? (laughs) I mean, I'm the prince of Egypt. I mean, you know, don't you know who I am? I was like running the empire with my daddy, who's not my daddy, but still. I'm amazing. And the word's like, oh, for Pete's sake, for Pete Lineker's sake, please. (laughs) For every Pete's sake. (laughs) Would you please just look over here? I'm right there. But you're going by me. You don't even recognize me. You think that's just another bush that's on fire. Just like every other bush you see. One of the greatest things you're going to... Don't go so fast. So fast that you miss him. He's always there. He's always here. Always. And... What he looks for, and I I know this now because I've come to know him. He looks for to see if you notice him. Because he won't lead you to the next process in his training until you notice the one he's trying to get your attention in. He's wanting to get your attention. He's like a, he's right there though. But if you become comfortable, familiar, I'm just doing life, life, same thing. This has been the trouble a lot in the church is, you, might, you can predict everything that's going to happen. Let me tell you, let me go ahead and tell you, with the Lord, you will never predict him. Ever. You don't know. You will not know before what he's going to do. You might as well go ahead and agree with that kind of humility, that kind of dependence. Uh, go ahead and make up your own mind that you do not know what his next move is. Do not think that in your own mind, I know what God will do, because you do not. The moment you do, you're back into, not, you're seeing a bush burning, and you think it's the same bush that every other bush is. That's why I want you to listen to my podcast, The Expanse of Moby Condor, because I'm going to talk about seeing beyond... The, beyond the symbol and the sign beyond into finding a double connotation because he works through the mouth of two or three witnesses. But he will bear witness through his word primarily, but he does also bear witness through other means. I had no idea about this. I, I just want to say. And I would go ahead and assume, unless you know what I'm talking about, that you don't have any idea either. Don't think you know. The moment you think you know, you don't. Go ahead and sign up for I don't know, blank slate. Go ahead and go to a little child, and then you'll begin to apprehend and behold the kingdom of heaven. Go ahead and let the Lord take you into full dependence and quit fighting it. Go ahead and allow Him to, because He'll give you everything. He said, All things belong to you. He told the oldest son that. Let me tell you how uh, if the oldest son who lives in the father's house didn't get this, think about it. How do you live next to the father every day and you don't even understand him? This has happened so much in the church. He said, everything is yours. Everything. All things are yours. Well, I, I scratch his head. He's mad at the younger brother because he got an inheritance, went and blew it, and came back home. And the father's all excited and gave him more. (laughs) If that kind of stuff offends you, go ahead and deal with that offense. The the one who has more, more will be given to him. (laughs) It's like it don't make any sense. Not in our culture. It's like the one who works harder and gets more done, that one will get more. And God's kingdom is the one who gives up everything and trusts me and says I'm a good father and follows me, I'll give them more. All right. That was just like an interlude. Ephesians chapter 3. Listen to the word of the Lord for this reason. I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you've heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, that by revelation the divine secret was made known to me. I asked the Lord uh, on the drive back, I said, how am I going to relate this divine secret to them today? He said, just call it the national treasure. And I said, okay, I'll just call it the national treasure. <laughs> he said, it's like, any. of you ever watched treasure films or movies that are related to, you know, you got to go through all these circuitous paths, and then if, if you took that corner and switched that knob and pushed that button, like maybe you've watched, I think there's a couple of films called National Treasure, or maybe you've watched uh, Indiana Jones and some of his escapades. There's a divine map or a divine purpose or divine plan that God, out of his elect purposes, had ordained out of the heavens in relationship to him that paul had found out about uh, leander recently t- he told me he said hey dad he saw this like little card and it had this little guy on it and he's got a uh, what are those things called carol what was he wanting the thing for the beach and he wanted a metal detector and Leander I, I told his mama, I want a metal detector, mama. I'm going to go out there on the beach. I'm going to find me a, something uh, like a little treasure. It's like a little treasure hunter. I want me a metal detector. Some of you, maybe you've had that happen where you're like, if I just had a metal detector. Some of you, my dad does this too. He's like, there's gold in them there hills, son, I'm telling you. If you just went and dig down 87 feet and cross that path and through that vein, I'm sure you'll find something. Uh, Tom McManus is notorious for this, of going and looking and uh, treading in places and see what's going on around here. And, and Janie was telling me that he's, uh, he'll go look around for things. He's wonder what was going on back here. <clears throat> Maybe somebody left some money. I didn't say Tom says, but somebody left like a mason jar, like a million dollars in the, in the, the mattress. Uh, Tom didn't tell me that, but I, there's this thing that was built inside of you and inside of me that's on a hunt. I've got this sneaky suspicion that you, if you're anything like me or like Leander, that you're on some kind of treasure hunt. It's, whether you know it or not, it's running in the background of your life. In this nation, we called it the American dream. Uh, we've called it all kinds of things, but we know that even in the Hobbit series, right? Schmog, was that his name, Pete? Uh, what's his name? Smile. Thank you. I think you need the technical interpretation of J.R.R. Tolkien. But I mean even in that there's some kind of treasure hunt and there's something to be had. There's something that you're actually, the Lord tells me this, that every one of us are on some kind of hunt. He's kind of funny. He's down out of Louisiana. He's got this TikTok thing called Stale Cracker. And I don't know if you've seen Stale Cracker but he's kind of funny. But he's like down in the middle of the bayou down there, jumping off the side of his uh, boat, catching frog gigging, and uh, getting like alligator gar, and you think that man's found a treasure, he's got this big alligator, like I watched like a couple weeks ago, and he's sticking something into its tail, and he's gonna cook this thing on a spit, and that guy's a treasure hunter, he's got all this catfish, he's pulling up out of these metal pots that he puts down in the lake, and the, the Lord's like, tells me when I was like, I don't know how to relate why and how this divine secret that Paul has found is so important. But he said, make it relatable from this way that just like Leander or like Stell Cracker or like, I don't know how it is for you, but you're looking for something. You've been on the hunt your whole life. And you're trying to find a way to navigate in your hunt to something. You're on a journey. And some of us have got, you know, stuck along the way in that journey. And somebody else comes along and says, oh, take hope. It's going to be okay, you know. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, even the connection to one another. And we find this connection in the relationship. And we know something's inside of them. Hey, in your relationships, don't get too familiar with a person. You find all kinds of keys laid up inside of them. It's, it. I've learned this in my marriage. I'm like, who is this? I'm like, who is this very now particular person? <laughs> She's got getting more particular the more we go on. Um, You're eating your food too fast last night, Carol. I'm like, I'm starving. So I hear it. Smack, 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 smack. And there's a treasure. Why? She's making more of a gentleman out of me, I guess, because I <laughs> eat my fish. <laughs> In there was a little corrector to help me straighten me out. In that I could get upset with her or I could submit to becoming more careful with smacking. <laughs> it is healthier to eat slower and Yep. There was a there's a whole treasure that sits inside of one another. And we know that we relate to one another. Think about this. Paul's saying that God has a secret plan. That God has a a purpose that he has that is established in him that has been hidden. Even from the whole old covenant prophetic and apostolic team. It's been hidden from all those guys And Paul now is in prison. He's writing to the Ephesians and he's saying, He just revealed to me his plan. He just revealed to me the path to the greatest treasure for humanity. He opened my eyes. I've been on a treasure hunt. I thought I was supposed to do it this way. I became like a doctor, doctor, doctor. PhD's out the yin-yang. I knew everything about the Hebrew, the Greek. I'm both Roman. I'm both Gentile. I'm both Jew. I've got the whole kit and caboodle. I was doing everything that I could to align myself with God's purposes. And a light came down and illuminated my understanding, drove me into the wilderness in Arabia for all these years, and he unpacked his divine purpose to me that he's hidden from everyone else. I have the treasure map. I have in my possession the thing that every single human being has been looking for their entire life. That when you came out of the womb, you were eyes open. Hmm, what's going on around here? Give me some milk. <laughs> uh, but still... And you've been in this—you've been in this journey since you came out of the womb. This is what. Hey, hey, hey! What's going on? I—I gotta understand what's going on around me, and you want to know. And you're searching. I guarantee that you are, because the Lord told me you were. And you're thinking, well, some people think it's—it's in the character, and some other people think it's no, it's in the outward thing. And we go about to say we're sort of bumbling around, and right all along, in Ephesians 3, Paul's saying,
2: guys, I got it.
0: <laughs> uh, that's how, I'll be honest with you, I've been feeling lately. I, I'm like, oh, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh man, this thing, oh, oh this, double, this double helix. I'm like, oh, I found the hidden treasure. I mean, I've been looking for 18 years since I left uh, my flight program and left my whole career. I've been there's something, I know I know there's something. And, uh, you know, bring out the Sherlock Holmes. You know what I mean? Get CSI or whatever that is, I've never seen it, but get the criminal investigation going. Uh, my wife's really good on getting the criminal investigation going. I just play it. Uh, yeah, find, find that thing, find that idiosyncrasy, find that thing, because there's a path. I know there is, I don't know where it is. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm not going to give up. And Paul's saying, I I became a prisoner. Uh, Madness and I was talking about this. The Lord's like, the only way I'm going to get this guy to quit running around everywhere is I'm going to have to, like, put him under house arrest or put him in prison. (laughs) Because that's the first thing he says, for this reason. (laughs) For the reason, what reason? So I can tell you about the treasure map. The secret of God, not not of another person like the Count of Monte Cristo or somebody else's treasure map. No, no, no. The one that God has. I'm a prisoner for this reason. God's had to put a hold on my life because uh, I'm just like a lot of us. Oh, guess what happened in the news? You know, oh, what's the weather today? Oh, you know, oh, we got to take care of that. Uh, We got to take care of that. And you know what I mean? distractions I'm going to binge this whole show like I going not listen to all these watch all this YouTube I'm going to do all this stuff uh, Paul you're not watching YouTube not watching whatever whatever you're not going to be doing that I'm going to throw you in jail that's the only way to actually get this thing out and I really want to get it out so I'm going to tell you while you're in prison he said I I would I received this stewardship to steward this Secret treasure for you, uh, the Gentile. Because God's going to, part of this map is Gentile inclusion. He's not just going to deliver this to uh, to the Jew. He's going to deliver it on a multinational level. It's got to reach out beyond Israel. So I want the treasure map to be, uh, I want this divine secret to be uh, made available to everyone because it has been hidden, I want it declared and opened up. And I've hidden it up to, in Christ, the Lord, and then now the Lord's at the right hand of the Father, and he's like, deliver down my treasure map. Give them the path. I'm ready for them to know because you've done what a man couldn't do, Jesus becoming flesh you passed all the trials, and for that, I'm going to send out my purpose. We're going to jump back into Ephesians, but I just want to like show you what I mean by this, because you need to see this, because this is the way the Holy Spirit led me to preach this. Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. So why has the divine purpose of God been hidden up until one point? And watch this point is the one he said was so necessary before he would deliver it. And the one seated on the throne said, look, I'm making all things new. Then he said, write it down. Write down the, the divine secret. Put it in writing. And he's, he's telling this person here, Revelation 21.5, write it down because I'm telling you, if you want reliability and truth, they're in this map, this purpose. This master plan that I have. And then he says to me, it is done. It's finished. I'm Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. Here's the first thing to the one who is thirsty, like Tom. And this gentleman. Come and I'll give you water free of charge. First part of the plan. Tell him it's free. (laughs) Anybody else like Free. Yeah. Tell them it it's free of charge. I can't believe that. Sounds too good to be true. I'm going to give you the master plan free and from the spring of the water of life. Now listen, he says the one who conquers will inherit all things. All will inherit these things and I will be his God and he'll be my son. So again, when the Holy Spirit's setting this sermon for me back At the beginning of the week, I thank God he did because being in the car for three days like that, I was like in another place. He said, I I need you to show that me being seated at the right hand was necessary for the publication and the writing of this master plan. And I'm going to reveal it to Paul. I have a secret plan It's been secret. I'm going to go ahead and write it down so that it can be delivered to my people. And I want you to know that this is the most reliable document that you will ever partake of, and it's the most truthful of anything that that you're ever going to see. It's my contract, so to speak, my map. It's my treasure map. And I'm going to deliver it now, and I'm going to bring it out. And and one of the biggest things, and he really, really, really put this on me to say to you and to say publicly, I am declaring that all things are new. And he, he, he shared this with me. He says, so many of my people are living out of the old. And I'm telling you that my declaration from the seat, that let's say that the map has only one way it will progress. Let's say that this map that you're on, this journey, that's a part of this, the only way the map actually moves, let's say you had to get from objective A to objective B to objective C to objective, I don't know how many points there are for us. It's probably extensive, cuz you know I don't know where you pick up on the map you've read pilgrim's progress that's kind of helpful but he's saying something that is the only way that you go from point A to point B I'm going to share this with you because I've learned this from the father I declare that all things are new because you cannot progress from point A to point B in the old it won't work because you're agreeing with something that is in retrospect or retrograde, or it's trying to work with something that, it, and I, you know, I speak prophetically. I'm trying. I pray that this gets into your person that you will not see yourself as a survivor, that you're just trying to get by every day, because you can't progress in God's master plan with that mindset. I'm. Let me tell you how it goes. I'm trying to make do. No, you're not. And I, I have to, the word's are like, come against it. I was like, okay, how, you know, come against it. I'll tell you something that happened to me as personal, and this maybe this will help because sometimes illustrations help. I'm not saying you have to do it my way or whatever, but a number of years ago, we're up on that mountain, uh, and I'm, I had been told by the Lord, and Kara had got this word when we left, you know, set up the tabernacle, in the pattern, which is uh, written on the mountain. And, and, of course, what I'm talking about, the uh, Melchizedek order is the pattern. And it, it took 17 years for me to discover that. But before that, a few years before that, the Lord started to, like, really deal with me about old ideology versus new ideology. And uh, we had, Karen and I, from, like, f- 14 years before that, Had all the things we had taken from Pensacola, Florida. They were still on the second floor of my dad's house in storage. Everything. And it's it's just sitting up there, and we haven't even really touched it. I didn't want to touch it because I go over there and start crying. I'm mourning Egypt was what I was doing. Leaving all of my six-figure income and our car and our house and everything. I just mourn. I didn't want to look at any of that stuff. And one day, the Lord's like, you got to go deal with this. I don't want to deal with it. It's 14 years later. I don't want to deal with it. I just want it all rot or whatever. He said, go deal with it. I want you to go take all your memorabilia, your nostalgia things that are important to you and your wife. I want you to repack them all. I want you to take the rest of it, and I want you to either give it away or burn it. And, uh, you know, it is painful. I'm just going to tell you. I cried a lot up there. I was mostly by myself, just weeping, holding on to the past. And I, and I remember I, we had a burn barrel up there, Dad did, and I about burned the mountain down. Uh, thank goodness I didn't, but I, sorry, Dad, <laughs> getting the belt out. <laughs> the Lord's like, do you want to keep living like this? You want to keep holding on to the old? And I was like, I don't know what it was. It was like ripping something out of my chest. And I don't know if you've been through an experience like this. I took that stuff, and I went through everything. And I found, I got it down to, you know, a number of boxes. I repacked everything. You know, we have it in the attic now, the things that we wanted to keep. And, you know, and I loaded up our Suburban with all this stuff. And then burn the rest of it. If it was broken, if I couldn't repair it or restore it, and it was not useful to us anymore, I set that thing on fire. And the Lord said, Good, that's the place of ruins like AI. I want it burned up, I want it all gone. I want to declare to you, son, everything's new. Went through the house, I started finding stuff that's broken, I got rid of it. It's like, I'm not doing this anymore. If it can't be restored or repaired or fixed, and it can't be useful, we're either going to give it away or we're going to set it on fire and burn it. They've got to break league with the mindset, that old mindset. Now, you know what happens all of a sudden is the things you got rid of, you need them. <laughs> Some of them. Now, what are you going to do? And you know, that was, that, this is the next point. I was like, well, I don't have enough resources to replace that. And I'll tell you what the Lord said. Don't grasp, but give. He says, start giving what you have away. Luke chapter 22. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Take what you have and give it to the poor. Give. Stop grasping. Give. And I'll give you more. And and he has. Abundantly above what I could ask or think. And there became a way to regenerate out of that. And we were able to progress to the next point. See, so many people, and I, I say this because the Lord told me to, they're tra- trapped in the old, and your soul can't progress on the master plan of God. I'm not telling you what to do with your things. I'm inviting you to come out of agreement with an old mind set old things and the way the holy spirit leads you and do not give in to a mindset that it is any other than this i declare now our king made this declaration from the throne when he sat down i declare everything is new because i found that i was resisting the goodness of my father By holding on and being in survival mode when you and I were made to thrive. I found that I was resisting my father. And and so the, the plan of the Lord for you cannot perpetuate itself with an old survival mindset. It will not work. Do you hear me? Hear what I'm saying to you from the Lord because he really emphasized this to me. He said, do not give into it and do not agree with it. And tell them, do not. And run an inventory. I pray that you will today when when we draw this to a close. That you will run an inventory on your life where you're going to come out of an agreement. And you're going to ask the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm asking you to. He's asking you, will you come out of agreement and only take the testimony of, That you're a king who says, I declare everything is new. Why? Because if you want to get down this master plan, this treasure map, that is the mechanism which moves it along. That's why he told me, I agree with new. And I agree with what the father says out of relationship in worship with him. I'm not going to agree with something else. He has a divine elect purpose for my life, and I'm going to wait on him And I'm going to trust him for what he shares with me and my family. And I'm going to hold my ground on this. Because I'm tired of uh, spinning my wheels. And you don't have to. You don't have to spin your wheels, so to speak. You don't have to live like, well, that's just the way it is. Because that's the way I was raised. And I'm never going to get anywhere. You know where I come from? I don't come from whatever, whatever. I do come from whatever, whatever. It makes no difference. You want the Father's inheritance. It's a joyful one. It's exciting. He's a rewarder. So, Paul's saying, again, back to Ephesians 3, saying, uh, as you read this, he says, you're going to be able to understand my insight into the secret of Christ. Now, he says, what I've already said. Now, the secret. Let's just call it a treasure map. That's how the word, the greatest treasure map that's ever been built, that comes from God. Um, he says this secret, the, the technical Greek word is mysterion, if you want to know. That is the word in the Greek. He says, uh, was, dis, uh, was not disclosed to people in former generations. As it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Namely, that through the gospel, the Gentiles are fellow heirs. They're they're fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus. He said, I became a servant of this gospel according to the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the exercise of his power. He says, I'm least of the saints. Uh, This grace was given to proclaim to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to enlighten everyone about God's mysterion or his secret plan, a secret again, he says, that was hidden for ages in God who has created all things. The purpose. Now, and this is my word for today, prothesis. This is the Greek word here. God's prothesis. How many of you have had to write thesis statements for college, high school? This is God's prothesis or his divine secret plan, his mysterion, his treasure map. His prothesis, his, his purpose of this enlightenment is that through the church, the multifaceted wisdom of God should now be disclosed to the rulers and authorities in the heavens, in the heavenly realm. That this was according to the eternal prothesis, God's secret plan, his purpose, that he accomplished. Now, you got to hear this. We're not going to finish this today. I'm going to pick this up next week. And you'll want to hear, because we're going to go through all the uses of the word of the secret plan next week in the sermon. That was according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished, namely, look at this, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And as you know, we're unfolding this 10-part Christology that relates to our humanity, our anthropology. Where is the prothesis? Where is God's divine purpose found? Christ in us. The hope of glory. How could it be? How, how could you? You stuck the plan right here. He imprinted your soul. He imprinted your heart. He, he imprinted it right onto your person. It's right, It's been right there all along. And there's a way to access it, the master plan, the, the purpose that is hidden in the Lord. That's why he had, Revelation 21, 5, he had to go to the right hand of the Father, sit down and say, I declare all things are new and, and I want you to write down this master plan. He's outside of space time and I got this little guy named Paul. I'm going to put him in prison and I'm going to tell him what the greatest mystery, the master plan, the, this prothesis, I've hit it. In him, and when he gets up here, I'm going to go ahead and display this to the whole known world because I want them to know. And people have been going and looking for this everywhere. Uh, Everybody they've been like, where is it at? Where, Where is it at? It's under the rock, it's under a tree, it's in the ground. No. It's right there inside Christ in you, the hope of glory. Declaring from your Declaring the only way to progress this, for it to process, to use this language, is that I must come into an agreement. I declare that all things are new. Uh, Let's stand together. I am, listen, I am not a survivor, I'm a thriver. I want to jump on to, and I'm not saying you're not on, but I want to jump on to the narrow way, the path of the treasure map. I want to jump on today. And I want to be accelerated in God. Listen to what he says. Because this was found in Christ Jesus, the Lord, now we have boldness and confidence. And what this boldness and confidence does for you, for you, and you, and you, and you, it gives you access to God. So now, like Moses right there at the burning bush, I can access through. this Stephen and I have talked a lot about this because of Christ's faithfulness not because you man up or woman up no the way you access a cross is because of him his faithfulness well I'm just lazy well no I'm super like motivated no neither one of them I access a cross because he's faithful and true and it's believing and trusting in him And what happens? What happens is, and you can feel it in worship, and you notice there's a change and a difference when you're moving from death to life, and you're in Zion versus Sinai. You know the difference now. You're picking up the trail. When he's already mapped and laid out all the way to the throne. Now that He has glorified Himself, so shall we be. My invitation from the Lord to you today, and you've heard me say it, I'm gonna say it again. I declare everything is new. I don't declare it, I studied this in the Greek. I declare everything is new now. It's not some future tense thing, it's right now. I believe it was in the aorist. That means it's within a bounded whole, that my life within a bounded whole, the aorist tense, was meant to always go from new to new to new to new. And if it's not, let's just get real. Because this is the most reliable word and the most faithful and true word you're ever going to hear. But you can't have something new. Why not? You've got to work with everything that's broken. Why? Why? Who told you that? Because that's not what Jesus is saying. I- Jeremiah chapter 18, the potter's wheel. Trash, let's make a new one. There's a process through stubble, let it burn. There's a process through the hay, let it burn. There's a process through the wood, let it burn. There's a process in the iron. Let it be purified. There's a process in the bronze. Let the purity come. There's a process in the silver. Let the purity come. There's a process in the gold. Let the dross come out of it. Let the fire of God come on you today. There's a process in the precious stones. And now you're getting a building. A building built, not with man's hands, but a building built by a city whose builder and maker is God I'm not telling you to do this but would you if you won't come in agreement with the new I'm a new creature I'm a new creature the past doesn't define me I'm new now, you're new now, and like newborn babes, receive the encrafted word of God that was good for your soul, and I declare that this is a new creature that you are, and that this is a new creation, I declare that everything around us has to become new. Because I must project new. It, it can't help it because my body is telling me I don't agree with that. Because something about Jesus in me is saying, I can't, I can't live with that anymore. And I don't and I won't. I, I've, everything around me has got to change. To so behold, I declare, it is new. I declare it. So you, God invites you with Him in a place of seatedness, of peace in your soul. To make a declaration today. This is your application. Holy Spirit, move in this. Move. And show us all the seeds that are new that bring forth life. The dominion right and mandate that was given to your people cause, cause us to be able to Oh, transform our mind this morning. Renew us, Lord. Renew us, Lord. Renew us into the new the new covenant. I love new babies when they come. I love holding their little bodies. I loved it getting ours out of the shower when Carol would wash them and holding their little bodies in my hands and rubbing them. I loved it when that new baby came. I loved going and getting clothes for them, putting new clothes on them. And you know, looking at their little faces. I can still remember seeing their little faces, all of them. I love those new babies. God does too. God loves life. God loves it when you go plant a seed in the ground, a apple tree pops up in a few years, or a fig tree. God loves it when uh, the Nolans man, have all this beautiful squash and things that they brought us is so and we're carrying, makes the best meal out of, God loves new he loves new creation, he loves he loves everything like that that's who he is he loves to take the adulterous woman said neither I do I condemn you, stop sinning I declare to you that today your condemnation is over I declare to you a new day I declare for you right now I declare to you an inheritance in the Lord, an inheritance in the Father. I declare to you restoration where you're at. And even what has looked to be so bad, I, I declare that it can be fully
1: restored. I
0: declare to you that you're not in exile, that you're the sons and daughters of Zion. forth a vision now for your life. It's time for a birthing. It's time for believing.
1: Ah, Oh, Lord.
0: Oh. I've been holding on to a promise and I believe it. the bread and he broke it I'll oh, go ahead and get it Where am I? I don't know to start what's he talking about I don't know if that happened to any of y'all but the word told me it did so I'm going to address this it's real simple actually just ask the Holy Spirit just be sensitive to him let him lead you I'm struggling because I don't know how to make this application it uh, I received the general principle, but I don't know how to apply it specifically. It's, it's what I'm saying. No, you don't know how to apply it specifically. Go ahead. That's okay. I, no, I feel like I'm scratching my head on this. I don't know how to apply this specifically. Good. Ask him. <laughs> He'll tell you how. It, he's good for everything like that. You don't have to know what to do. That's another thing I love about him. I don't know what to do. He does. So it's a—it's not like Carol made a really general thing here, but I don't know how to apply it specifically. Again, just asking. It may—he may challenge you. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. (laughs) He may challenge the perception of others that are around you when you make agreements with him. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm going to tell you as a warning. Because someone else's perception, we don't realize how much we let other people's perceptions weigh in on our newness. Well, I I just didn't think I was supposed to do that anymore. I'm done with that. Uh, What? You've been doing that for 50 years. Well, I'm quitting. Because the Holy Spirit told me I I was agreeing with the wrong way of doing things. I'm going to quit doing it. Uh, You can't do that. That defines our whole entire existence. Well, I am. I'm stopping today. I'm done with it. Hey, wait a minute! You can't get rid of that where well, I am. <laughs> if it's okay with you, I need to let this go. I've been holding on to some, maybe some. You might have been holding on to unforgiveness or holding somebody in a position for years. It's time to let them go. It's, it'll keep you as a captain. It's time to just say I'm going to wash my hands of the whole thing. It's holding me off the path. The past declaring I'm a new creature, and so are you. I can't, I can't go back into old ideas and hold them in my mind and agree with them anymore. I just can't because I'm new. And I'm going to let God define me. I'm going to let him be the definition of me. But what are they gonna think? Who cares? I'm gonna tell you. Only care what he thinks. Just go for him. And I tell you, it'll be the greatest good of you'll be the greatest good to everyone around you. Yes, it may take them seven to ten years to figure that out, but eventually they will. <laughs> but just go for him, go for the whole thing. And so in the specifics of this application, just ask the Lord. What do you want? That's still small voice. What do you want? What what do you seek for? He took the bread and he broke it. He said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. said this is the blood of the N-E-W this is the blood of the new do this in remembrance of me."
2: Destined to wear white, and my chest is full of hope, and the dress and veil as snow. And he said he come for me.